I'm your host, Danella Rabari, and welcome to episode 73 of ShimmyCast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. Yes, I'm finally back, and I've missed you guys so much, and I've missed doing the podcast so much, and I'm so incredibly happy to be back and recording a new episode. Um, this week, uh, we do not have questions of the week because I've been gone for a while and, of course, nobody's written in answers, and I'm sorry. Uh, we do have two uh, reviews. One is of the DVD Tribal Revolution, and the other is the CD Sawdust by Pentaphobe. This week's music is from Azam Ali and Azam. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, and we have an interview by Marty Love. So let's get started. So I apologize for being gone for so long. Um, a lot's been happening in my life recently, and um, things just got totally crazy there for a while. Um, you know, it was this summer last year when I stopped, and summer's just a really busy time for everybody, and then um, we started getting into the fall, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get back to doing new episodes, and then... Um, my former troop uh, broke up, um, and it was a fairly traumatic experience for me. I had been involved with that troop for so long, and it just got to the point where myself and several of us decided we couldn't stay any longer, and... I'm writing an article about um, that as far as troops and troop dynamics and how do you know when to join a troop, how do you know when to leave a troop, um, especially now that I've been through the experience. Um, so the, the good news is, though, that um, those of us who decided to leave the troop also decided to stay together and form a new troop. So I'm writing an article about forming a new troop and what all that entails, which I have to tell you, there were, it, it took a lot of planning. Um, you know, does, you have to decide a name. Picking a name for a troop isn't very easy because you want to make sure it's the right name because it sets the tone for the entire troop. Um, and then we had to find a new place to teach. And um, it took us a long time to do that as well. And so the planning and the organizing of this troop just kind of took over my life for a while, all my free time um, over. And then, you know, on top of all of that, there was having a job and working and um, having to do a lot of traveling for my job and doing presentations and everything um, for the museum industry. And so things have just now gotten kind of calmed down. We finally found a place to, to teach. We've had our first um, sessions of classes ended in um, June, uh, early June, like late May, early June. Um, and then we've been doing a lot of rehearsals. We did in the winter before classes started. We actually choreographed our first routine together. As the entire troupe was involved in the choreography process, and that was really cool, but um, it took up a lot of time. Um, so between 
new troop, like ending of old troop and coping emotionally with that and mourning that loss and then all the the angst and and anxiety of getting together a new troop and then work and everything and then the holidays on top of that you know going into the winter you know Christmas and all of those things and then finally being able to teach new classes in a new place and everything it's just been really hectic and I'm happy to say that my life has kind of calmed down now <laughs> and so I'm back and I'm really happy and hopefully I'll never leave you guys again for that long <laughs> um which brings me to the the show um I will say one thing that I have decided to do is I'm not going to do the events listing anymore unless People email me specifically and say, please mention this event in your episode. Because um, the events listings, I was actually scouring the internet looking for event listings. And so a lot of times, you know, that would take up a few hours of my time. And... I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm going to rely on you guys to email me and say, please mention this event, and then I'll include it. Um, other than that, I'm, I want to stick with the same format. I want, you know, we're going to have the question of the week. We're going to have reviews. Then we're going to try to, um, we're going to have two songs, an episode, and then we'll try to have some big article or interview or something like that and then in between um those shows we'll do review specific shows where we'll have four reviews of something so um and and that's just because reviews are something that's really easy for people to write and submit and I'm very happy to say we have um some new staff are helping out and you're going to hear from them shortly and um so we have a plethora of reviews so my plan is to do um a show that includes an article and your answers to questions of the week and things like that um we'll do that and then we'll do a review show and then another article driven show and i'm hoping that you'll get two episodes a month you'll get an article based show and then a review based show but it may end up that like every other month you get the article show and then um every other month you get a review we'll see how it goes as far as time and everything so um that's what's going on with the show so let's get on with the show the first review that we have is sawdust is uh, the cbd blah, blah, blah. See, I've been gone far too long. Now I can't remember how to talk. <laughs> Our first review is of the CD Sawdust by Pentaphobe, and it is reviewed by myself. Uh, this nearly hour-long CD picks up right where Pentaphobe's first album left off, only the musical journey blasts off from there, and the sky is the limit. The 18 tracks on this album pay homage to the relationship between belly dance and the world of Circus Midway sideshows. All but one of the tracks are less than four minutes, and the final track comes in at ten minutes. 
The liner notes give a lot of insight into the artist's intent behind the music. Such regular instruments as violin, djembe, clarinet, doombeck, accordion, ukulele, and the unusual instruments of boots, keys, cardboard, bike, and even handcuffs again show off his creativity. Pentaphobe does a phenomenal job of mixing the modern electronic macabre with traditional. Some of my favorite tracks are Victim to the Charms of Radio, Fleecing Putners, and Delicate Perceptions. This week's first song is In This Divide from the album Asylum for the Brave by Azim Ali and is provided by Iota Promonet.
This week's second review is Tribal Revolution, Tribal Fusion Belly Dance. This DVD includes 12 performances by some of the best-known fusion dancers, and some dancers not really known for fusion. Myra Betts starts the DVD with what she calls a cabribile solo. That's not an easy word to pronounce, people. (laughs) It's a beautiful slow piece with lovely hand movement. Next is a trio piece from Nakia. They classified this as a jazz fusion piece, and they included zilling. The routine reminded me too much of Suhalia's jazz workout rather than a performance piece. Ariella has fabulous hand and arm movements and isolations in her gothic tribal fusion piece to Solace's Exiled, and I loved Zoe Jack's drum solo and Toxime, but I was annoyed by all the strobe lights used during her routine as I found them distracting. Cammie Little's tribal fusion piece had a rocking, upbeat number, and watching her smile as she dances, you just can't help but love the routine. Princess Faharna does a wonderful vintage belly dance piece with large feather fans. I've seen this piece in person, and although the DVD doesn't do it justice, it's still great to see it again, and I fell in love again with her 1920s movie belly dancer-inspired costume. Katie Kay performed a Balkan fusion piece in a costume that was reminiscent of a saloon hall girl. I've noticed this costume trend with a number of the tribal fusion dancers, and I just can't make up my mind if I like it or not. Ultra Gypsy did a really nice drum solo duet. Aubrey gave a nice solid routine, but I'm not sure I would categorize it as tribal fusion. Domba does a cool Afro belly dance fusion troupe routine said it before and I'll say it again. There's a special magic in watching a tribal group piece. I found this routine really interesting to watch as they had a lot of African influence in the movements. I have a lot of music that is similar to this that I've often wondered about fusion, but I wasn't quite sure what moves to include, and now I have some great ideas. Is a dancer I'm unfamiliar with. She danced a rather hypnotic routine that put me in the mindset of a pharaonic temple dancer. Subi Jin did a really nice tribal duet that felt more ATS style than fusionist to me. They had some really nice partnering section during the floor work that continued after they got up the, after they got up off the floor and back onto their feet, and it lasted the rest of the routine. The name of the dancer, song, musician, and style are included before each piece. I love it when productions do this as it helps me find new musicians and CDs to check out. The staging, lighting, and other production qualities are professional caliber. The lighting is done in a very theatrical way, which is nice for setting the mood and atmosphere, but it also makes it hard to really see the details in some of the dancers' costumes and movements. I also felt at times that the camera angles change too often to really see and enjoy some of the movements. Extras include written bios of all the dancers and written text on what Tribal Fusion is and a behind-the-scenes video montage. And now's the time when I usually uh, read emails and feedback, and since I've been gone for so long, I don't really have any. So, um... Just to remind you, 
comments, suggestions, feedbacks, you can send email to shimmymail to shimmycast at gmail.com. Um, visit the forum through the blog at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Uh, feel free to leave reviews on iTunes. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at twitter.com, Anala Rabari, capital A, capital R, all one word. I'm also on Facebook. You can look me up as Anala Rabari. There's also a Facebook fans of ShimmyCast group. And ShimmyCast is also on YouTube. You can see that uh, the channel is ShimmyCast, all one word with a capital S and a capital C. Um, and a lot of times I'll post um, videos there, particularly performance videos that I can't get into iTunes uh, because of their copyright restrictions. So feel free to check that out. This week we have an interview with Marty Love, and I really appreciate Abby from bellyartistcafe.net for giving me permission to use this on the podcast. And Abby has become a staff member of ShimmyCast as well. And um, I really appreciate her helping me out um, by giving me this interview. And I can't wait to see what other things she might be able to do for ShimmyCast in the future. And um, I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, this is Abby with BellyArtistCafe.net, and here's a recent interview I did with Marty Love at a workshop in Nashville, Tennessee. When did you start belly dancing? How did you get into it? Um, I started in my early 20s, like probably 12 years ago, and I don't know how I got, I kind of fell into it. I hadn't ever seen a belly dancer, I just um, thought of it one day that I might like it, oh. and um I looked in the yellow pages for belly dance classes, didn't find them, dropped it, and then a few months later, like, um, I saw a class schedule for community college. They had belly dance class. I went for a little while. It was cabaret, so it wasn't really, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the performance realm that I was that interested in, and then shortly after Heather Stance moved, who directs Urban Tribal Dance Company, she moved from Chicago, where she was in Read My Hips, and I was at her first class, and kind of learned all my like ATS and stuff from her. Where do you get inspiration for your costumes? Um, old photos and old textiles. I tend to collect old textiles, and um, I'm, a, I'm really into like Muka, Alfred Cheney Johnston, um, Erte, Edmund Dulac, Arthur Rackham. And so just old illustrations, old showgirl photos, stuff like that. And yeah, and then I. That kind of influences our whole aesthetic. Your whole aesthetic. Yeah. Are you like the artistic director? No, I, no, no, no. We all kind of enjoy that old timey stuff, and also the old music. But yeah, it all kind of works together. And are there any websites that you go to for like costume tips or things to check out? No. No. Uh, no. More like flea markets, flea market shops. shops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite part of the whole costume making process? Um, probably just being surrounded by a bunch of beautiful old components that we get to kind of play with and put together. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're a bunch of crows. We end up just like our workshops are kind of ridiculous. Like, they're full with so yeah, <laughs> more just sitting in the workshop than like having to put something on an article of clothing to wear is sort of secondary. Yeah. <laughs> And tell me about your first costume. And did you make it yourself? Your first selling it? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Um, we were ATS-based. So, I mean, it was like choli pantaloons, 10-yard skirt, turbans, the whole bit. So, yeah, I made my choli. I couldn't afford stuff. So, I mean, it started with not really being able to afford things, not being able to find things. So, it started with... I can also do cigarettes. You can? Let's see. Yes. Um, But yeah, and so made my choli, made my coin bra, made my... There was this great beat store in San Diego that anyone who goes there should go to called Folgart International, and he helped me a lot, like, getting components for stuff and made our belts and our skirts and our... Yeah, made the whole thing. You beaded it yourself and everything? Beaded? No, it was taking old textiles and beginning to... But we made all the tassels. I mean, at that time, it was, like, heavy wool tassels, like, multiple wool tassels. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see yourself going through like different phases and styles? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, 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 you know, with the sort of departure from like straight ATS stuff, um, the costumes got, I mean, Jill Parker kind of spawned that with like dropping the full skirts and going like dropping the cholis, dropping the turbans and coming like a way more pared down thing and at the time we were incorporating like um, we had a couple dancers Heather Oberon had like hip hop background and so there was more kind of this like street element coming into Urban Tribal Dance Company and so we also were dropping a lot of the components um, you know and sometimes just yeah, I mean, drop cholis, drop turbans. Um, and then when we, when I moved and left Urban Tribal and went up to the Bay and ended up going out to tour with BDSS and with Rachel and Michelle and Sharon, um, it was more based on, it was more color-based and more so, because Jelena was the director of the whole show, and so she'd be like, okay, I need a white costume, and I need a blue costume. So even though, and so it suddenly changed, you know, because it used to be with Tribal, you just had one costume, mm-hmm. you do your whole show and your one costume, where all of a sudden we had three or four costume changes in a show. And it was kind of Jelena who, like, demanded that we had a white costume um, for one of the numbers, and we were like, we're Tribal dancers, we don't wear white costumes, you know? And she's like, it's mandatory, you guys are in the show, you have to, and it was that that sort of turned the whole, like... Le- like that helped us kind of leave just the black and silver oh, aspect wow. and started working more with color and like monochromatic but more color in the costume and things that weren't just like black with some tones of wool or whatever. Do you see yourself going in any certain direction now? No, I mean, we are sort of these days in the mood more to be, at least we, we, I, um, what I like about Serpent Rouge, for example, which is our project that we do, like, stateside with us and some musicians um, with the Gallus Brothers and Crookful Night Owls, is that it's more of a variety show than just kind of a straight belly dance show. Mm-hmm. So it allows us a lot of freedom um, for experimenting with, like, entirely different scenarios than just, like, sort of the folkloric or, like, heavy Middle Eastern yeah. kind of feel. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we kind of, we still love, like, all the, like, panel skirts and a suit and stuff, but then we'll also, like, 
don, you know, some big frill skirt with some boots yes. time to time. So, I don't know. I think we're trying to, like, give ourselves tons of options by being in a show that's very loose as far as, like, what the dancing girls are in that yes. show. Um, but rather have a wide range of pieces that allows us to, like, use all the stuff that sits in yeah. our workshops. Yeah. So just using up all of it. Yeah, so we got yeah. use it all. We use it all so we can get more. I'm here with Allison of Zemina Productions, and we're at the Marty Love Workshop. So, um, Allison, how did you find out about this workshop? I actually found out about it kind of last minute through an email from Linda and Gwen and everybody just going, hey, guess what? She's coming in town. Hurry if you want to go. So, so, so you found out about that week and you were like, oh, let's go. Yeah, it was like three days before. Oh, wow. That was a quick throw together thing. A little bit. So did you and any friends come? Yeah, uh, Daniela came with me and Kathleen and Abby. And Abby. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you do any shopping with any of the vendors? Yes, of course. Uh, Velody Boutique. They're actually from Atlanta, based out of there, and they came last minute as well to oh. sell stuff, and all of their items are beautiful. Got a website, velodyboutique.com. So what'd you get? Oh, goodness. I got a hair piece that looks like an Aztec bird. It's oh, yeah, gorgeous. Oh, I saw that. That was awesome. Did she yeah. ever figure out what kind of bird you're asking or what kind of no. bird it was? No. I, I don't think she really knew either. We just knew it was Aztec, Aztec. of some sort. Aztec bird. <laughs> and I got, like, a coochie-looking bracelet, which is very simple. One of those things you can wear with, like, normal everyday outfits, but also for belly dance. So I thought that, that was neat. Right. Were you wearing that during the class? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I saw yes. that. It's pretty. And then I also shopped with Nicole Hanna of Gypsyville. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I bought some hair falls from her with uh, cowrie shells. They were beautiful. Were they yarn ones? Uh, no, actually, they weren't yarn. They were strictly beads and cowrie shells, which oh. was really awesome. Oh, cool. I didn't see those. Yes. Yeah. Does she have a website, do you know? I'm not sure, actually. She's just Gypsyville on MySpace, I think. Yeah. Have you taken a workshop with Marty before? Yes. I took one from her about two years ago in Atlanta, and as always, she was awesome. We did, it was like a weekend thing, so you went all day, had shows that night, got to perform at her show, which was awesome. That was oh, exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I had music malfunction, but other than oh, that, yeah. it was good. That's always happening. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then workshop was awesome. She taught two different choreographies. She had one in the morning that was a slower type choreography, and then the afternoon was faster. So for her to come into Nashville and be able to take from her again was really exciting. So what did she do this time? Did she... Dude, I guess she, did. she did a bunch of drills and kind of breaking down different movements and the combos and a little bit of a choreo, just putting different combos together. And it was kind of exciting. It was a mixture between slow and fast. Okay. So, so. did you learn anything new moves? Yes, actually. Um, the move that they call the Sonia. Oh, yeah, that one, that one was tough. I yes, it. yes, it Check was. Um, I'm working on it. And it wasn't so much the move that was difficult. It was just taking other moves that I was already familiar with, but putting them in a different sequence, which made it weird for me because yeah. my body's in a habit of doing one certain way. Yeah. So it, it was definitely different, but I liked it. Was there anything hard? That other had? than that, um, just trying to memorize all the different movements, the different things that she threw in there, like different sequences where I'm used to doing, you know, hop and lock in in one order, and yeah. she had me completely oh, change yeah. it up. She was doing it, like, backwards and different. And exactly. Wow. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so that threw me off a little bit. Yeah, gets you thinking another way. Yes. yes. But that was good. Cool. Helped me learn more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So would you do it again? Yes, yes. definitely. Okay.
and always. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right, um, I'm here with Kasha. So I understand this was your first belly dance workshop. It was. Yes. What did you think about it? It was fabulous. It was fabulous. It was very challenging, but it was also really encouraging. Well, what was one of the hardest things for you to... Putting all of the moves together during the combinations um, because they went really quickly. During the walkthroughs, it was fine because everything fit together really oh, yeah. logically, yeah, which yeah. was great. But then as soon as it got quick into the music, mm -hmm. then I found myself watching my feet trying not to fall over, <laughs> which I don't think I did, um, but it, that was that was hard, it, but it was a great challenge. Were you able to, like, remember anything to bring back, or yeah. how did you, are you a note taker, or do you just keep it in your head? Um, I keep a lot of it in my head. I jotted a little bit down. Um, I learned a lot just about things like rib circles and mm -hmm. thinking, the way she talked about the way she thinks about doing things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, just being really conscious of where the body is and what's yeah. doing what um, really helped me a great deal mm -hmm. in, in just being more aware of how things work, mm -hmm. which I thought was really great. <laughs> and so do you think you'd be taking another belly dance workshop? Absolutely. Yes. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks. Thank you. And I'm here with Daniela at the Marty Love Workshop. So how did it go? What did you think about it? Um, it was definitely challenging. And was this your first Marty Love workshop? Yes, it was. That was okay. my first Marty Love workshop. Um, I've taken only from Cammy Little and Zoe. So, um, yeah, it was really challenge challenging, and that is good from a workshop because a lot of workshops are just geared towards beginners. You know, she did beginner stuff in the beginning of it, mm -hmm. and then more intermediate stuff later on that really challenged me, and that was exciting. I liked learning new things and feeling challenged. How was the warm up? Did she do an extensive like yoga warm up? No, actually everyone had their mats and we were ready to put them down and she told us we didn't need them. Um, she just warmed us up with hip drills and chest lifts, that sort of thing. Well, the first two combinations we did were kind of like pop and lock type stuff. And then the last three were more flowy, but you know, pretty difficult still. Yeah, so. what was the hardest? Did you learn anything new, like any moves wise? <laughs> Yeah, um, she taught a move named after Sonia called the Sonia, and it was probably uh, my trouble move. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite? Was that your favorite as well? No, actually, I think I liked the, the Maya hip drop that she did. That was kind of cool, or it was called the Maya hip bounce. Yeah. Okay. That one was probably my favorite. I liked it. <laughs> okay, thank you. So I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. I know I enjoyed being back. Um, it's time for the question of the week. I'm, I'm really excited. I hope we can get this started back. Um, so this week's question is, when do you sell a costume? To answer, you can email shimmycast at gmail.com or post on the forum board, shimmycast.blogspot.com. Uh, it's time for the last music pick of the week. This song is Heartbeats from the album Drum Addict by Azam, A-Z-Z-A-M, and it is provided by Iota Promonet. I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com. And be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.